Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 85 Mr. Steiner, the Halfling Rogue. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Kevin Chenard's table in the Levitating Platter. everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of sidekicks and side quests the best unofficial dungeons and dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion i would like to go ahead and give a shout out to our first sponsor plus one exp tony vicinda is the mastermind behind his mastercraft of beard balms game design and community building he's got a beard balm named after all the basic stats from DD. so get a can Apply it to your face and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony's collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant, Eye Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Vamp Nebula, and Brand Standing. If you support Plus One EXP either by going to their website and buying something or going to the itch page, tonyplus1.itch.io, it all helps funnel into the Plus One Forward program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. I'd highly encourage you to follow Tony and Plus One on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects that are being worked on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these amazing games. If you don't mind, please go to Plus One EXP, use my affiliate code Randolph when you're buying a Beard Balm or a Beard RPG in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website plus1exp.com. Well, we've got a wonderful returning guest for you today, uh, another one from the back catalog, as it were. So I'll go ahead and turn the microphone over and ask, uh, hello, returning guest, for those who are new to the podcast, uh, would you like to introduce yourself, tell us who it is that you are and what is it that you do? Hello, my name is Kevin Chenard. I am uh, returning for uh, another go. New characters and fantastic uh, new approach to, uh, you know, the life of D&D and who that plays it. Uh, I am a aspiring uh, streamer. I have uh, been streaming now for two years. This is going to be my second year that I've gone at it at a steady pace. 
and I'm also a uh, voice actor. For those of us in the know, you happen to voice a number of characters for the Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, correct? That is correct. Uh, It was one of the first podcasts that I've really been uh, going like steady with uh, in the past few years. I have done quite a lot of different uh, podcasts uh, around the Fallout uh, community as well, and I've been loving that. Uh, as well as uh, some gaming podcasts. And I mean, I don't have a list like of all of them right now, but uh, there, there are quite a few of them and I've, I've enjoyed my time with each and every one of them. So you've been prolific within the last two years because I had to check the calendar and be like, oh, well, when was the last time we spoke with Kevin? Two years. I can't believe it. It's already been two years. I mean, time flies when you uh, forego sleep. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah, that would do it. Yeah, for sure. On a episode where we have a returning guest, you know, we like to go back through the same questions, but perhaps through a new light, a new context. So are you playing D&D currently? Or are you playing any other kind of tabletop role-playing game in the interim since last time we spoke? I have completed one uh, mm. with a couple of buddies and I. Uh, basically, it was a, um, a campaign that we had returned to an old 3.5 game. I do believe I had said it last time we were on. I'm more of like a 3.5 player. It's where most of my D&D knowledge uh, comes from. But uh, I am going to start uh, into a new campaign soon uh, that uh, my girlfriend has started with a bunch of her friends and I. Mm -hmm. And uh, it will be a fifth edition. So I'm going to be dipping my feet into something new and seeing if uh, my old school 3.5 stuff can carry on and make me not seem like an absolute noobish (laughs) uh, entity in the whole realm of things. I think that's very fortuitous that you mentioned that today because at the time of this recording, we just had a major um, presentation put on today by Wizards of the Coast. And so they were announcing the new project called One D&D, which is like the newest iteration that they're preparing for. They're like playtesting it right now. My understanding is that it's still going to be back compatible with 5th edition, but it's trying to, you know, incorporate some changes that have developed over the last ooh, nearly 10 years since a 5th edition has been out uh, and integrating it more so into a digital realm. So that'll be really interesting. So there was a number of uh, different announcements of, uh, well, not only Magic the Gathering, Lord of the Rings, Doctor Who, and all this stuff being integrated into uh, Magic the Gathering, the card game. But just this news about Dungeons and Dragons, one D&D as they're calling it. Um, but also officially, uh, Spelljammer has now launched for 5th edition as well. So those books are out. Certainly a time to be alive. I'm always down for new products uh, that especially uh, when Wizards of the Coast tried to cater to having like a new generation of people and players uh, coming to D&D. I mean, this has been going on since what, the 70s or something like that? Like, yeah, yeah, like 50 years. Yeah, so we're we're going pretty strong. And I mean, it, fantasy will always be a, a, a grabbing point for a lot of like kids and young adults and stuff like that, you know. So I, I always find that D&D is just the perfect outlet for something like that. You know, there's other um gaming's always a big thing uh, you can pretty much run into any aspect you know so i think the original like you know pen and paper open a, a brand new uh php you know and just go at it with someone who knows what they're doing in terms of dming is always a great way to um elaborate on one's imagination 
Well, of course, you remember this podcast is all about the sidekicks and the side quests. So in the last few years since we've spoken, have you come across any new or interesting NPCs or sidekick characters, whether they're from an RPG, a video game, or maybe literature or television or a film or something like that? And what has struck you about this new character that you've come across? Ah, man. I mean, there's just been so many, uh, like for me, you know, as I was saying, being a streamer and just generalized, like really big gamer, um, I'm, I'm always looking for that next big world to jump into and just lose myself in. And I think one of the games that was kind of controversial, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. that came out uh, that really, really grabbed me, uh, especially with the world and its characters would probably be Cyberpunk 2077. I'm a huge Cyberpunk fan. I have been for many, many years. And I remember when I first heard about this game coming out and uh, we got the reveal that um, Keanu Reeves was going to play one of the main characters. They basically took him and put him in the game, facial and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnny Silverhand... I absolutely love the character from the very beginning. You see that he's just a giant, like he he just hates life in general. He hates people and he's got a really dark past. And the more and more you go into the character and you find out about what happened to him, you see his character evolve. And depending on the choices that you take, you know, he comes out to being like, you know, I really looked at life the wrong way. Like you're, you're not a bad guy. Uh, Like, it's just almost a white and black situation from the start of the game to the end of the game. And I think I just, I absolutely love the character. That's not a franchise that I'm uh, familiar with, but of course I am uh, familiar with the E3 footage where uh, Keanu Reeves came out on stage and said, no, you're beautiful. And to go along with this as well, has there been a new or interesting side quest that you've come across, whether again, it's from an RPG, a video game, uh, literature, film, television, and why has it been a new or interesting side quest for you? I remember last time you were telling us about coffee and uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the Final Fantasy IX, the Mr. Moreau's coffee is, mm-hmm. is, is always one that uh, sticks to me uh, just because of it was such a huge thing in my childhood and it's just something that you can miss. I mean, now I don't know if I could really say like something of a side quest, more main quest, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I probably have to go back to, to Cyberpunk 2077. Um, the main quest is basically about, for those of you who haven't played it, uh, you start off an original character. He's just a, a normal, you know, street kid doesn't really have a name to himself but eventually he stumbles into some really dangerous lifestyle if you will Uh, he gets involved with corporations corruption and the whole shindig you know if uh, uh, night city being the 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 heart of it all the main quest is uh, johnny silverhand's intelligence which is in a chip gets embedded into your head and it's a prototype so what eventually ends up happening is the more you go through the game, the more time passes, Johnny's uh, whole imprint starts corrupting you. And the more you let it go, um, the more that you lose yourself and Johnny eventually takes over. At the end of the game, you have the ultimate decision to make. Do you end it? Do you let Johnny take over or do you fight it? 
this is where like a you know cyberpunk being a game where a, a lot of the game reflects on the choices that you make kind of like mass effect was famous for that you can basically uh go off you know like uh, the, the whole like suicide angle eventually fades away uh and it comes down to well do you give your body to johnny so that he can live on and because he was stripped of his life earlier on or do you go on and johnny eventually fades into nothingness he becomes a memory so at this point johnny becomes a really like a lovable character i absolutely loved him and it was like heartbreaking to choose between that and i'm not going to spoil the absolute end because there are multiple endings mm -hmm. but you get to that fork in the road where what do you choose do you choose yourself and be kind of selfish there's a philosophical debate with that or do you choose to give johnny his freedom the game basically ends with your decision and what you've done in the game giving you a certain ending which all of them are really great endings and then to round out the personal interview section again, have you come across or developed any new passions since the last time we spoke? I wouldn't say developed anything new, but, uh, you know, developing my craft, taking on voice acting projects here and there. I've been involved with a couple of projects that are in the works right now that I can't really talk about, but, you know, maybe sometime <laughs> down the line will be, uh, will be something cool. But uh, my main focus right now is really my streaming been doing it for two years like i said now going steady still very much enjoy it uh constantly learning i can't say that i, I i've learned it you know and i'm just honing it now it's no it's just a constant learning experience getting to collab with other people to uh, growing a community uh we're looking into a youtube channel very soon so i've been trying to learn of video editing and all that uh, avenue that comes with that so it's uh it's a constant learning experience and i'm having a lot of fun awesome all right well it's been a wonderful time here in the personal interview section of the show catching up with kevin that i now think it's time to head into a segment that i like to call npc creation NPC Creation is brought to you by you, the podcast audience, and our patrons from Patreon. That's right now is the time where we give a shout out to our comfortable patrons and above, and we give you all a loud hoorah. So to you, Katie Downey, aka Goblin Katie, we say cheers. This is for patrons who donate $2 or more a month. Katie is our highest tier patron at the wealthy level, so that means she's able to add an element of chance to our random tables in NPC Creation, which we might get to use here today. So if you want to join the cheapest podcast Patreon community, be sure to check out the show notes below, go to the podcast website, or just go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers, one, two, four dollars a month, and help us to expand our operations at the levitating platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. All right. So I remember last time that we were in this segment of the show, you had a character that you had previously played and we converted that character into an NPC. But this time you've elected to roll the dice and randomly generate a character today. Is that correct? Yeah, let's let's go the chaotic way and just pull something out of the void. And see there we, we go. go. Awesome. Well, if you've got all your dice at the ready, whether they're physical or virtual, we like to start with the name. So if you want to get a D20 and give that a roll, let's figure out what is going to be the name of our character. 
All right, let's take a look here. You know what? I had a little something prepared for this. And oh. it's something that a couple of my friends and I used to do when we didn't really have a strong idea of what do we want to play. We basically came up with a sheet that had a certain amount of races and classes and we would roll chaotically to see what exactly we were playing whatever we rolled we had to stick with so i'm gonna roll a d10 i have 10 races here and i have 10 classes and let's see what we end up going with and then we'll roll some stats to see how good or how bad that character is going to be all right so here's going to be the first one so i rolled a four and that is going to be a rogue okay and then we'll roll for race and that's gonna be a two and a two is going well okay a two is going to be a halfling so okay we're we're kind of you know in a i wouldn't say a stereotypical but it's not something that we haven't seen before okay interesting okay so we know the ancestry of the character and the job of the character so everything else we get to kind of roll with my random tables is that correct sure let's go for it sure yeah so if you've got a d20 um we can go ahead and roll and figure out what's the name of our halfling rogue all right we're rolling a 14 14 okay so your answer was provided by previous guest jonathan blevins steiner s-t-e-i-n-e-r steiner all right that sounds like a very strong name for a halfling rogue or we're thinking like maybe like a stout halfling maybe at this point. Yeah, maybe, perhaps. And then if you wanted to roll a D8, we could kind of get an idea of the age range of the halfling rogue named Steiner. Uh, we're going with a six. Six is elder. So Steiner's a little bit older in his career, it might seem. All right. Okay. Well, that would be the time where we would pause on the dice rolling because we come to the question of describe the physical appearance of Steiner, the halfling elder rogue. You know what? I picture a rugged halfling. You know, he's he was that jovial, excited character in his younger ages. But as he's, uh, as we say, seen some we're looking at uh you know maybe a couple of scars here and there he's he's been in some rough battles you know maybe uh not looking as good as he used to in his young age so i'm thinking more of like a rugged you know we've got some some scarring going on maybe uh a dagger or sword slit here uh maybe some longer hair you know not really kempt i'm thinking like just quick ponytail you know, doesn't feel like doing his hair in the morning. I got some uh, Sir Sean Connery rock vibes, like before yeah. he gets cleaned up uh, by the FBI stylist or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm looking at, too. Something like that. And if you had to describe Steiner with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you use? Hmm. Three adjectives that I would use. Reserved? I'm going to say polite and impulsive interesting so someone who's reserved and polite but yet they're impulsive that must be the roguishness coming through right exactly so the way that i'm seeing it is he tends to keep to himself you know but he's polite about it he's seen how the world can be cruel to people mm -hmm. and that's basically you know carved him around the edges where he tries to be polite in his old age because he's seen it you know, he's been through it. 
depending on where you've grown up in the world, you've seen some racism, you know, orcs and, you know, some people might not like a traditional elf, you know, stuck up and stuff like that. So I think that's where his politeness would, would come, uh, would come through. And as well as being a rogue, you know, he's probably gone through the back alleys quite enough. So uh, tries to, to keep a, a polite tone to his demeanor. And when he speaks to people impulsive is probably more his rogue experience opportunistic so like if he sees something he knows like i better take the chance to do this now before i miss out on it kind of a thing exactly uh i'm thinking this would absolutely be his lifestyle kind of bleeding through in his personality uh the experience that he has in his line of work uh i'm thinking more he would be uh at first you know, the start off pickpocket, you know, the opportunistic type of rogue. And now he's more of like the smuggler, like he's more of the, the back end type of rogue where he'll play people instead of scenarios to get what he wants. Does he operate by himself? Is he part of a gang? Does he have any kind of affiliation? Are you just going to meet him randomly in a bar? I'm just kind of wondering what kind of environment are we going to probably find him in? I think he'd be more of like a city slicker in a way, um, more of like a fence, but with a reputation. So I don't think you'd ever meet him for business as a first contact. I think you would have to know someone to get into his line of business. And then if you were worth, you know, his coin, then you'd probably meet him. So he's in charge of a whole like fencing operation then. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at it like. The next thing we like to roll is a combination of two dice because we need to figure out what's going to be a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that Steiner would ascribe to. So it's a D4 for the category, and then a D6 for the particular uh, valuable item. All right, let's go with that D4. One. Okay, so this is going to be a valuable item, and then a D6 for which item it will be. Five. Five. Okay, interesting. We'll see how this works out. Your answer was submitted by previous guest Anson Jablinski. Steiner has a key to the city. So what does that mean? Oh boy. Oh boy, there's like endless possibilities for this. I think okay, we're 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 gonna go we're gonna go real underground here. <laughs> I think he's got a politician in his pocket. Oh boy. He uses this particular politician to get what he wants the guards tend to leave him alone and don't meddle in his business okay. uh, and he's quote unquote inherited this key to the city to help him in his business because we said he was a fence so does he have a public presenting persona or business or guild or something that he operates that normal people of the citizenry of the peasantry would be like oh that's steiner he runs the so-and-so business and really cares about the city and all that kind of stuff and so people are always looking up to him meanwhile behind closed doors behind the secret wink wink nudge nudge he actually is knee deep in criminal enterprise you know what i'm gonna just give you a name and i think it pretty much puts exactly what the whole idea would be the kingpin from the Marvel comics. Oh, right, uh, right. Uh, yeah. Wilson, uh, Wilson, Wilson Fisk. Fisk, yeah. So he's got, he, people know who he is. People know that he's an important figure. He's got the reputation. Uh, he's got a face that he puts on for the public and people respect him for that. But those who know him 
know that everything is behind a curtain he's the master of the criminal underworld i think that would uh that would come in kind of a very interesting juxtaposition because traditionally within the comics even in the uh, mcu portrayal uh you know vincent d'onofrio is the actor who portrays uh wilson fisk in the mcu he's a very large imposing individual and even in the animated movie with uh, into the spider-verse you know (laughs) wilson fisk is this comically large oversized and just a very small head so to kind of see the inverse of this where we have like oh what would normally appear like oh you know it's a well-to-do you know halfling gentleman who's like well connected with society but meanwhile in his elder years this ruthless uh maybe maybe not ruthless because we did say he was reserved and polite but just very hard very uh, efficient very uh no nonsense when it comes to his criminal business as, as it were yeah maybe crossing him you know like people have uh, over exaggerated uh you know people disappearing like at the at the snap of his fingers you know like maybe maybe it's something like that so maybe it's played a little bit higher than what it really is but you know sometimes word is is enough to scare someone into being submissive you know so maybe he uses that to his advantage so Steiner is just someone who's well-to-do as far as the nobility or the mercantile or anything like that is concerned, just like is investing in all these public works and projects and stuff like that for the kingdom, for the city, the town or whatnot. But meanwhile, I'm actually super involved with my fencing operations or whatever. Yes, exactly. The final dice that we would have to roll would be for the side quest. What's something that Steiner is going to need our player characters uh, to go and do on his behalf? If you want to roll randomly, that's a D12. Or if you're already inspired, you can go ahead and kind of throw out an idea of a side quest. Or if you want to meld the two together. Oh, you know what? We've gone with the dice so far. Let's keep it going. Okay. D12, we're looking at a six. Six. Okay, interesting. All right. So then this answer was submitted by our previous guests, Anson Jablinski and uh, Elvia Garcia. So the side quest would be to deliver a care package to a sister town or city and that particular mayor. So is this sort of like a, uh, oh, hey, we need you to go deliver this to the sister city or town, you know, that's associated with us. Maybe it's a different kingdom or on the other side of the world or whatnot, but it's maybe something to do with the criminal stuff but doesn't let on to the players that like actually the care package that you're delivering to this other mayor is nefarious or underhanded or sneaky or something. I think at this point, what it would probably be would that that's the notion, right? Is that this is going to be something mundane. It's like a small delivery, but it's a front. It's obviously a front so that uh, there could probably be like a meeting between uh, this, this mayor, let's say, of this other town uh, probably negotiating like uh, uh, some sort of dealings or maybe some contraband exchanges or information uh, you know maybe trade routes or something like that of another caravan that visits that town frequently to do trade so on the surface the player characters won't be aware of any of that other stuff unless they're sneaky and they decide to peek into the contents as it were um, but we need to consider the consequences of the side quest. So what's going to be the reward for success if the players successfully deliver this care package to the sister town, sister city's mayor? I think uh, there would be uh, extra um, an extra monetary value. They would let's say 
balling it. We're giving you 50 gold if you present this to the mayor, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Steiner and the mayor would have their own exchange, probably away from the party, that would reward him with either hush money or uh, maybe like a bribe of some sort. Maybe Steiner has something on this mayor, or he's just getting a bigger cut that he's negotiated. Originally 50 gold for the party, Steiner for some reason, oh yeah, I was able to, you know, get this information, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden an extra 25 gold shows up in someone's pocket, you know, no one questions it, but Hey, we did a really good job. So you're saying that after the fact that someone else in the party is getting awarded this extra amount of money or that Steiner is benefiting in some extra way after the success of the players. I think Steiner would make it so that the mayor would seem like he's giving extra to the party for a good job. But Mm -hmm. really, since Steiner is part of the party, it's part of his loot as well. So he gets rewarded extra either way. And it doesn't look like Steiner is directly influencing this decision. Oh, okay. I see. So this other mayor of this other sister city town gets the care package, examines it, and then realizes what it actually is. And then will reward the party which then i guess that money would get back to steiner then whatever it is whether it's an amount of money or it's like something that's of great value to steiner in return exactly but i mean this doesn't have to be an extra monetary value this could be like i said could be valuable information on something that steiner is probably after that wouldn't make it look conspicuous it could be in a form of an extra quest you know we've just finished this quest we get a reward for it. We talk to the mayor. Mayor goes, oh, by the way, I've got a job for you. I've just come into, you know, into this information about a local uh, gang, you know, blah, blah, blah. We eliminate that gang, completely Steiner's enemy in his trade. So now he gets, you know, two birds with one stone. He gets paid for it and he eliminates competition. But now we have to consider the opposite. So what's going to be the consequence of failure? Or refusing the call to the adventure? What's going to be the consequence if uh, our players are a little too suspicious and not respecting the privacy of mail? What's going to happen? You know, I think at this point, Steiner comes off, you know, he's a rogue. So probably to the party, he's chaotic good. You know, he he's not all that lawful, but, you know, he's a rogue. But really, he's more chaotic neutral. He's done some very shady stuff. He's not really all that good. He'll do some evil if he has to, to get his way or to get that extra pinch of gold coin, you know? And uh, I think what would happen is, is that the players would be on to Steiner basically lying to the party of who he really is, which would result in a cascade of, we don't really trust him. So maybe we start excluding him from certain things that we talk about. Maybe we start looking into his quote-unquote businesses mm. uh, maybe we look into his past which would lead down to maybe the players finding out about the shady stuff does he get kicked out of the group do they call the guard on him do they expose his politician friend i think the negatives uh, are, are very heavy if he is uh, discovered basically See, I was thinking that Steiner was just going to be like, 
oh, hey, I hired, you know, this group of individuals to go deliver this care package for me. I didn't realize that Steiner was actually journeying with the party, which that seems to even raise the stakes even further, that if Steiner's traveling with the care package, and then at some point the player characters are somehow able to secret away the care package to start snooping in it and stuff like that. I feel like that might even generate maybe even a combat encounter, depending on how poorly the persuasion or apology go i suppose yeah absolutely in a previous game i was in it it was something that had happened with the players uh there was one particular player that was in it for himself Mm -hmm. uh and they made sure that the party did not know uh the party eventually did find out and it led to an encounter where the one party member flipped and became an enemy mid-combat whoa and it was quite something so I think that would be a very much of an opportunity. Let's say they make it into the new town. They accuse the mayor of, you know, lowballing or, or being part of the secret society. Somehow Steiner is involved in this. Steiner flips. There's the encounter. And we're probably imagining some kind of higher level NPC rogue character that's like a master, if not a master assassin, at least a master thief that has a fair bit of uh, tricks and magic items or something at play. Absolutely. So what are the goals and motivations of Steiner as a character? Money and power. Absolutely. Controlling the town he's in. He's got that key to the city. It was his first big victory for him. Now, probably total control. That politician in his pocket turned him into a puppet leader. And it's easy sailing from that on. You can probably go into the world a little bit further out, influence the towns around. Yeah, criminal kingpin. Let's go. Let's do it. We're just steering into the full kingpin then. Awesome. And uh, how do these goals and motivations affect Steiner's general personality? I feel like he doesn't take anything at face value. Mm. Everyone's against him. I think he is starting to become paranoid, maybe. Mm. Okay. I think that would be a big drive uh, that that would, uh, well, not a drive, but uh, a consequence of his dealings over time. I think he's starting to become a little paranoid. People are stealing maybe a couple silver coins, copper coins here or there on trades. You know, he can't trust anybody. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't read it myself, but I'm pretty sure there's like a run of Daredevil comics where like Wilson Fisk is the mayor of New York City or something like that. So I'm trying to imagine like this is like a Wilson Fisk character who's been in power for a long time, but now we're starting to see like, okay, now his psyche, his paranoia, his not being able to trust people any further is like, you know, it's getting more to him. So that's kind of interesting. And especially if you're having this caliber of a character traveling with a group of player characters who like oh he just seems like a nice businessman and you know he really cares about politics and his community and stuff like that we're just gonna escort him basically but really under the surface uh like this is all bubbling and stuff yeah like probably he sends like some of his henchmen to keep an to keep tabs on on other workers thinking like hmm, maybe he's not trustworthy and he's kind of undermining himself because of that And then how does Steiner normally interact with people? Is he generally the same across the board or does he have nuance when it comes to different groups of people like family and friends versus enemies and rivals versus people he works with or people who report to him? I think it would be the same because you got to keep up a certain image, right? So I think interactions would be very much the same. 
but he's very calculating almost mm. to the point where he seems cold because he's all he's got wheels within wheels within wheels and so okay like he's a he's a constant chess board you know he's got to think like 30 moves ahead make sure he's got everything down no one's getting the best of him stuff like that but meanwhile, it's like he's also second guessing himself at the same time the entire time as well. Right. It seems like. Does Steiner have a particular accent or language that he speaks with? Are there any idiosyncrasies in how he acts or speaks? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Probably like something rough. Like you can feel the age and experience in his voice. He's less for conversation, straight to the point. I think that would fit him very well. Mannerisms, he always just seems ready just in case something happens. Like he's already got a hand at his side or his back is always facing a wall Mm -hmm. or he's always standing close to an exit. You know, something like like someone who's really, really attentive to details like that. And tactically minded. And tactically minded will think, will, will see this. What impact has Steiner made on the world? How has Steiner shaped the local area? Obviously, he's uh, very much in the uh, everything business when it comes to the particular town you're starting out in. But what does that impact look like on the world or the surrounding area? To be honest, I think he he would come off as like a local hero. Mm. Okay, in the sense that he helps the community, quote unquote, helps all at face value he'll help the kid that fell down lady needs help with moving crates or something like that he'll help them out you know the someone's maybe behind on their payments here's a gold coin to help out you know like he's a real people's person but it's all at face value it's all for image does steiner have any current problems that prevent him from being a bigger player on the stage his age i think mm. i think his age would be a factor right now he wants to do everything himself more and more as he ages because he trusts less and less people but every time he wakes up in the morning and he feels his knees he it reminds him that you know he can't go out and deal with all of his own problems he's got to to be able to give out tasks he's got to be able to find another way to deal with those outlying highway bandits that are jumping his caravans or you know stuff like that and that costs him money money that he wouldn't want to spend because he knows that you know maybe 30 years ago he'd be able to walk up on those those streets and take care of them himself all right well i think we've painted quite the portrait of a character from just a few simple dice rolls that now i think it's time to head into a segment that i like to call the random encounter This random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're here in DFW and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature for you. Every time you shop and spend money with them, at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool new mini of the month and it's always something new, so all the more reason to shop often. I've gotten several gift cards from them over the months that we have had a sponsorship. And every time I get one, I'm ever so thankful uh, that I can spend my money with a local business and really get some cool minis in the process. I know that on Kickstarter, the Reaper Miniatures Bone 6 Tales from the Green Griffin has already wrapped up. 
on that. So be sure to get plugged into that. Check out the backer kit if you still want to get involved and get some cool exclusive minis. There is a special relief effort miniature that you can get, a Kenku Bard Nightingale character. It costs $9.99 and of that $7.50 is allocated towards UNICEF relief efforts for Ukraine. So if you visit my website or check the show notes below, you can use my referral link Uh, in order to go shopping on the Reaper's Miniatures website and support Psychics and SideQuests at the same time. By clicking that link, you're helping to direct traffic towards Reaper Miniatures, and the more that we direct their way, the more that our Texas powers combine. So again, go check out that link, and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. So of course, we do the little scene, the little vignette. I think it's appropriate that you're Steiner, but the question I have is, who am I going to be in the scene? Am I one of my podcast adventurer characters getting the side quest? Am I one of your employees? Am I this politician character uh, that that you're having a meeting with? I don't know. What kind of scene are you interested in presenting today? Let's go with party member. We can do that whole exchange of fake parcel to that small town that delivery quest if you want okay so you're interested in doing a scene with one of my podcast characters but at the point of where the side quest is being completed yeah let's do that as far as my list of characters is concerned we've got four of them um we have duncan who's the uh who you may remember is the recklessly brave adventurer for hire happy-go-lucky um we've got sonia the warrior woman who started off as a barbarian multi-classed into paladin we have Korak, who's a lawful evil arcane trickster dwarf. And then we have Chrisley, who is the shy herbalist botanist wood elf druid who multi-classed into cleric. Or if none of those sound interesting, I'd be open to you rolling your 2d10s there uh, and generating a random uh, ancestry in, in a character class. And then I could make that as the uh, adjoining new podcast character, as it were. All right, well, let's do that then. Let's roll those D10s. And All see right, what we get. a new podcast NPC character, wow. folks. Let's see right. what we get. So we've got ourselves a nine, which is going to be an elf. Okay. And the second one is a three, which will be a wizard. Ooh, have not had a wizard character yet, but an elven wizard. Okay, so since uh, Chrisley was our last elf character that was created, I'll go ahead and say another male elf character, but an elven wizard. How about if I give you the school of magic that you're going to, to be part of? So the school of magic is going to be illusion. Astral elf Orion. So we'll say like he uses the constellation moniker of orion as his name he has a real name which will be determined later off screen but he'll otherwise go by orion so imagine we just arrived into town we're quite tired we met with some lowly bandits on the road obviously Uh, for some reason it seemed that those bandits may have not been there by coincidence maybe they were looking for something we kind of you know don't mind it too much got rid of them make it into town and now we're heading towards this particular mayor's office and as we make our way inside the office seems a little strange but the the office seems a little packed with people 
There are a couple of men here that seem to be working out some papers. Besides that, there seem to be a couple of quote unquote guards. The mayor's, well, I'm not going to say henchmen, but you, you see some, some people that are clad in like leathers and studded leathers with, you know, some swords or rapiers at their sides, obviously guardsmen of some sort. And the minute that we make it into the mayor's office, we are instantly greeted as if he was already waiting for us. He knew that we were, had arrived. And immediately you see a stern look on Steiner's face like, hmm, there's just too many things that seem out of the ordinary here. Like, why did he greet us the second we opened the door? Like, there's a puzzling look on his face and, it's, and you can see that he's a little bit weary. He's looking all around. He's looking at the men that are in the room. Uh, he's looking at uh, how many windows there are. Is there a back door? Like everything is coming to him right away. So the mayor has greeted our party, uh, whether that's just the two of us or there's other nameless uh, other adventurers uh, behind us as well. But I suppose, you know, the mayor greets us and Orion looks over and he can see kind of all this happening on Steiner's face. And they, of course, have bonded a little bit on the road. And so Orion will just very quickly take a, a small moment to just kind of ask him, like, are you going to be all right, Mr. Steiner? Is every is every are you OK? I'm all right for now, but keep an eye on the door, will you? Yes, uh, yes, sir. Let's just say that we're like an even party of four here. We've got a a, a burly gentleman fighter with us and uh, another, uh, let's say cleric. We've got a cleric in the party. And Orion definitely as an astral elf, which I imagine maybe in the more mundane world, his reasons for coming to the mundane world, very interesting. So he's definitely being deferential. He's also respecting, you know, the fact that he was hired along with these other people to like escort Mr. Steiner and, and like protect him and, and oversee his well-being. So he does take his role seriously. And so he will do as instructed. You know, he will mind the door and just keep very quiet and observe the situation. And then uh, as the mayor of this uh, town, you know, motions for people to stop their side conversations and such, you know, so he'll probably continue on with like, Mr. Steiner, welcome, welcome from our sister city. Yes, you've journeyed all this way. And uh, we'll probably motion for everyone to kind of give like polite applause and stuff like that to like, you know, give dues and propers and all that stuff. Okay. So Steiner walks up to the gentleman uh, the last few feet as they enter and he gives him a handshake and he says, yes, um, it seems that uh, we've been expected, even though I did say that we were going to arrive a little bit later in the evening, but nonetheless, uh, I'm glad to be here. There's only one thing that uh, worries me, though. It's the growing numbers of thieves on the roads here do you not have patrols out dealing with these uh these bandits we'll say that this other mayor character um you can see some like visible beads of sweat starting this mayor character will begin the series of half committal sort of answers of like oh oh yes of course i mean we we we, we have the finest patrolmen uh watchmen uh that patrol the roads in and out of the city of course you know uh, you know you know the mayor is tripping over his words as he's trying to appease uh mr steiner as it were 
Now, seeing as the the mayor is visibly shook by this uh, jest of words from Steiner, you see that Steiner starts to calm down a little bit, like like almost like he played into every word that he said. And Steiner takes the package that we were supposed to deliver and gives it to the mayor, but doesn't give it directly to him. He lays it on the table in front of him. And he says with a stern look to the mayor, he says, now this is the package that you did request, did you not? And uh, the mayor will nod nervously. Orion from the back is just kind of perplexed, but I mean, he's just watching it all. And the other two uh, adventurers that were hired as well, are just kind of nonchalantly just leaning against the door, leaning against the wall and just kind of waiting for this as if like, oh, this is just like a normal routine thing. We're just waiting for all this stuff to be concluded so we could get paid and go off on our next adventure. But Orion is trying to pay attention and, uh, you know, observe everything that he possibly can. So Steiner continues and he basically takes a a small parchment out of his coat and he lays it on the table as well. And uh, he looks the mayor up again and he says, but I'm surprised to find this as well. Would this be your handwriting, sir? It seems like with uh, Mr. Steiner having all the cards all the time. Yeah, the mayor like beside himself is like he's trying to like grab a handkerchief and like wipe his brow. And, uh, you know, he's trying to like play off with a laugh or something like that of just like, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, where did you ever uh, intercept that? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That must have gotten, you know, so he's trying to make up more excuses and uh, try and not appear like he's not in control, even though clearly he's not in control. So this is where Steiner would play the ace, okay? He would pick the parchment back up, which is obviously a forged document that he made himself, perfecting the signature of the mayor. And he slightly walks towards the captain of the guard that he would already know, and he would hand him the paper and say to the captain and say, now here are documents that I had found on one of the thieves that jumped us, explaining that a payment would be done twice the original, signed by the mayor. Now you see documents like this in the right hands would call for quite the coup and diplomatic uh, problems would arise between my hometown and the towns here. I I do see that uh, you would be so kind as to escort the mayor to his proper cell before this turns into the wrong hands. And he gives it to the guard captain. And it's almost like maybe the guard captain was expecting this, maybe if they've been in league a long time, or just like very quickly the energy of the room turns, and now suddenly the mayor thought he was surrounded by friends. Now all of a sudden he's surrounded by enemies just by the sheer presence of command that Steiner has. And so all the other like civil servants or whoever are just kind of like hushed whispers to each other like, oh, I can't believe the mayor would do this. And so then the guards very quickly snap to attention and they grab the mayor briskly. They escort him out of the room past your party as they uh, make their way past the door. And the mayor is just like hysterically crying. You know, I, I, I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't you know, basically just kind of saying that over and over again. 
And I think uh, this would be like a perfect time where like, as he's being cuffed and taken away, like Steiner adds to the performance, goes into a monologue about like, uh, you know, like in my line of work, Mr. Mayor, you always stay like two steps ahead. You make sure that people don't double cross you and you always expect the worst. And then Orion's watching this all and he's captivated by the performance. The other two adventurers, oh, it's just business as usual. The captain of the guard thanks uh, Mr. Steiner for his services and everything like that. And your group is escorted out as they're now having to deal with the uh, change of leadership. Probably something that Mr. Steiner was planning. I think after all the commotion would happen, you know, Steiner would make a stern gesture towards his party member just to let them know that look anything can happen bad things will always happen but like i said as long as you keep a head up evaluate your situation and make sure that you always always keep your friends close but you always keep your enemies closer you'll always come out on top and so, yeah, Orion will just continue on with uh, Mr. Steiner seemingly being taken under his wing and being in a strange new plane, eating it all up and trying to learn what lessons he can. Absolutely. And maybe he can corrupt him somehow. Oh, no. Having a wizard with illusionary magic under your employ would be so beneficial. <laughs> scene yeah i think that's a pretty good place to close it out so what did you think of uh, getting to play mr steiner i want to make a character now (laughs) so now you're going to go through and make a whole character turn steiner into a player character okay yeah i mean like wouldn't he be a really good recurring villain though too oh for sure yeah no for sure yeah i think he would be great to drop in you know if you're in forgotten realms and water deep or your own homebrew games or whatever else yeah i think mr steiner would be a wonderful addition to your game absolutely absolutely awesome well of course we're here now in the final thoughts so of course we like to you know check in with our guests and see how they did and how they're feeling and they had fun and all that good stuff I'm always up for creating new characters. I mean, you get addicted to it after a while and you see what angles you can spin within the game. And it what what I think makes character creation so much fun is that when you have a group of players who put their own spin and their own love within their own characters and you get those characters to interact, you can get some amazing storytelling. You know, I always like to leave the final moments of the show for my guests. So the stage, the platform, the soapbox is yours. So where can we find you on the internet? What projects do we need to be following? And uh, any other passions or causes or anything else you want to share? You know, the the stage is yours. Absolutely. Uh, Again, my name is Kevin Chenard. Uh, On Twitch, you can find me on www.twitch.tv slash Osiris D virus. That is D E virus. Uh, and if you're a fan of Con Air, you'll get that reference. Uh, but uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, all my socials through that at Osiris to Virus. And uh, be sure to listen to uh, Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, where you can hear Kevin voice a number of interesting characters throughout the seasons of the show. I know we're we're starting to come up to some kind of finale now, I think, we're right? Almost at the end of season two. There's just a couple of, uh, of episodes left and things are starting to heat up a lot. There we go. 
Always great to talk with you, Kevin. It's delightful. One of the first Canadians ever on the podcast. So uh, I'm glad you were able to come back and uh, hopefully we can invite you back again uh, to make uh, more random chaotic characters. It was my pleasure. Thank you again for having me on. And absolutely, I would love to come back and throw some new and exciting story at you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, SidekicksAndSideQuests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Psychics and Psychos is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Psychics and Psychos.